Chapter 19 of the Burgess Bird Book for Children. This is a LibriVatch recording. All LibriVatch recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVatch.org. This recording by Mike. The Burgess Bird Book for Children Chapter 19 A Maker of Thunder and a Friend in Black The Rough Grouse and the Crow Blackbird Peter Rabbit's intentions were of the best, once safely away from that lonesome part of the green forest where was the home of Redtail the Hawk. He intended to go straight back to the dear old briar patch, but he was not halfway there when from another direction in the green forest there came a sound that caused him to stop short and quite forget all about home. It was a sound very like distant thunder. It began slowly at first, and then went faster and faster. Boom! 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 It was like the long roll on a bass drum. Peter laughed right out. That's Strader, the rough grouse, he cried joyously. I had forgotten all about him. I certainly must go over and pay him a call and find out where Mrs. Grouse is. My, how Strader can drum. Peter promptly headed towards that distant thunder. As he drew nearer, to it, it sounded louder and louder. Presently, Peter stopped to try to locate exactly the place where that sound, which now was more than ever like thunder, was coming from. Suddenly, Peter remembered something. I know just where he is, said he to himself. There's a big, mossy, hollow lock over yonder, and I remember that Mrs. Grouse once told me that that is Strader's thunder lock. Very, very carefully, Peter stole forward, making no sound at all. At last, he reached a place where he could peep out and see that big, mossy, hollow lock. Sure enough, there was Strader, the rough grouse. When Peter first saw him, he was crouched on one end of the lock, a fluffy ball of reddish-brown, black and gray feathers. He was resting. Suddenly he straightened up to his full height, raised his tail, and spread it until it was like an open fan above his back. The outer edge was gray, then came a broad band of black, followed by bands of gray, brown and black. Around his neck was a wonderful ruff of black. His reddish-brown wings were dropped until the tips nearly touched the lock. His full breast rounded out and was buff color with black markings. He was of about the size of the little bantam hens Peter has seen in Farmer Brown's henyard. In the most stately way you can imagine, Strader walked the length of the mossy log. He was a perfect picture of pride as he strutted very much like Tom Gobbler, the big when he reached the end of the log, he suddenly dropped his tail, 
stretched himself to his full height, and his wings began to beat, first slowly, then faster and faster, until they were just a blur. They seemed to touch above his back, but when they came down they didn't quite strike his sides. It was those fast-moving wings that made the thunder. It was so loud that Peter almost wanted to stop his ears. When it ended, Strader settled down to rest and once more appeared like a ball of fluffy feathers. His ruff was laid flat. Peter watched him thunder several times and then ventured to show himself. Strader, you are wonderful, simply wonderful, cried Peter, and he meant just what he said. Strader threw out his chest proudly. That is just what Mrs. Grouse says, he replied. I don't know of any better thunderer, if I do say it myself. Speaking of Mrs. Grouse, where is she? asked Peter eagerly. Attending to her household affairs as a good housewife should, retorted Strader promptly. Do you mean she has a nest and eggs? asked Peter. Strader nodded. She has twelve eggs, he added proudly. I suppose, said Peter artfully, her nest is somewhere near here, on the ground. It's on the ground, Peter, but as to where it is, I am not saying a word. It may or it may not be near here. Do you want to hear me thunder again? Of course, Peter said he did, and that was sufficient excuse for Strader to show off. Peter stayed a while longer to gossip at finding Strader more interested in thundering than in talking. He once more started for home. I really would like to know where that nest is, said he to himself as he scampered along. I suppose Mrs. Grouse has hidden it so cleverly that it is quite useless to look for it. On his way he passed a certain big tree. All around the ground was carpeted with brown dead leaves. There were no bushes or young trees there. Peter never once thought of looking for a nest. It was the last place in the world he would expect to find one. When he was well past the big tree, there was a soft chuckle, and from among the brown leaves, right at the foot of that big tree, a head with a pair of the brightest eyes was raised a little. Those eyes twinkled as they watched Peter out of sight. He didn't see me at all, chuckled Mrs. Grouse as she settled down once more. That is what comes of having a cloak so like the color of these nice brown leaves. He isn't the first one who has passed me without seeing me at all. It is better than trying to hide a nest, and I certainly am thankful to old Mother Nature for the cloak she gave me. I wonder if every one of these twelve eggs will hatch. If they do, I certainly will have a family to be proud of. Meanwhile, Peter hurried on in his usual happy-go-lucky fashion until he came to the edge of the green forest. Out on the green meadows, just beyond, he caught sight of a black form walking about in a stately way and now and then picking up something. It reminded him of Bucky the Crow, but he knew right away that it was unlucky because it was so much smaller, being not more than half as big. 
It's Krikar the Graco. He was one of the first to arrive this spring, and I am ashamed of myself for not having called on him, thought Peter, as he hopped out and started across the green meadows towards Krikar. What a splendid long tail he has. I believe Jenny Wren told me that he belongs to the Blackbird family. He looks so much like Blackie the Crow that I suppose this is why they call him Crow Blackbird. Just then Cricker turned in such a way that the sun fell full on his head and back. Why? Why? exclaimed Peter, rubbing his eyes with astonishment. He isn't just black. He's beautiful, simply beautiful. And I've always supposed he was just plain, homely black. It was true. Quicker the crackle with the sun shining on him was truly beautiful. His head and neck, his throat and upper breast were a shining blue-black, while his back was a rich shining brassy green. His wings and tail were much like his head and neck. As Peter watched, it seemed as if the colors were constantly changing. This changing of colors is called iridescence. One other thing Peter noticed, and this was that Cricket's eyes were yellow. Just at the moment, Peter couldn't remember any other bird with yellow eyes. Cricket cried Peter, I wonder if you know how handsome you are. I'm glad you think so, replied Cricket. I'm not at all vain, but there are mighty few birds I would change coats with. It is Mrs. Cricket dressed as handsomely as you are, asked Peter rather timidly. Cricker shook his head. Not quite, said he. She likes plain black feather. Some of the feathers on her back shine like mine, but she says that she has no time to show off in the sun and to take care of the fine feathers. Where is she now? asked Peter. Over home, replied Cricker, pulling a white grub out of the roots of the grass. We've got a nest over there in one of those pine trees on the edge of the green forest. And I expect any day now we will have four hungry babies to feed. I shall have to get busy then, you know. I am one of those who believe that every father should do his full share in taking care of his family. I'm glad to hear you say it, declared Peter, nodding his head with approval, quite as if he was himself the best of fathers, which he isn't at all. May I ask you a very personal question, Cricker? Ask as many questions as you like. I don't have to answer them unless I want to, retorted Cricker. It is true that you steal the eggs of other birds? Peter blurted the question out rather hurriedly. Cricker's yellow eyes began to tinkle. That is a very personal question, said he. I won't go so far as to say I steal eggs, but I found that eggs are very good for my constitution. And if I find a nest with nobody around, I sometimes help myself to the eggs. You see, the owner might not come back and then those eggs put spoil, and that would be a pity. That's no excuse at all, declared Peter. I believe you're no better than Sammy Jay and Blackie the Crow. Kika chuckled, but he did not seem to be at all offended. Just then he heard... Mrs. Cricker calling him and with a hasty farewell he spread his wings and headed for the green forest. Once in the air he seemed just plain black. 
Peter watched him out of sight and then once more headed for the dear old briar patch. End of chapter 19